This is the Rich Eisen Show. This fascinates me. I, 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 I love it. Love it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And you better get on board. You're gonna be left behind. The Rich Eisen Show. This is the Yeah But team. Who else do they have other than Jokic and Murray? Earlier on the show, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Coming up from Hulu's White Men Can't Jump, actor Cinqua Walls. Bill's wide receiver, Gabe Davis. Emmy award-winning actor, Henry Winkler. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show, live on the air here on the Roku channel. Cinqua Walls, who is one of the stars of the new White Men Can't Jump film on Hulu, which you can see right here on the Roku platform. He's in our green room. Uh, And by the way, I love when folks make themselves directly at home. He was playing music in there. He brought his own music. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Vibes. It was really chill in there. High vibes. Let's I like go. it. It was very Vibrations chill in there. Back. Very yeah. chill you know in there. Mean? So yeah, he's going to come on out here and talk about this new film. Uh, again, that is uh, available for streaming right now on Hulu. Mm. Well, I watched it last night. Available on Roku. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Gabriel Davis of yeah. the uh, Buffalo Bills will join us in hour number three. We'll talk with him about partying with you guys and Burt Kreischer. <laughs> yeah, right? Most personal By friend, Gabe Davis. Burt Kreischer, uh, <laughs> his film, The Machine, premieres here in Los Angeles, California tonight. Are you going? Uh, are we crashing that? Uh, if you would like. Honestly. Are you going, though? Yeah. Oh, okay. You are going? Sure. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a. Yes or no? Guys could come react. No, I'm, I'm definitely Hold going on. to the post party if you want to come. I, <laughs> see, oh. now you've been invited. Was it that? Was oh, see, geez. you you, you said wanna? that like we were asking kind you to of, come yeah. with you. No, because I asked you about stuff. You were too tired in, on Monday to go to you know come a on. taping oh, at the same oh. context. Yeah, come on, bro. Context of what I had well, just done and what you were asking me to do. It's a very long weekend of drinking and playing golf. Well, I, and flying, that's all, flying all the way up from Jacksonville, Florida. Rich, oh, and by the way, an that's acting. The actor life. An acting. That's his actor celebrity life. An acting. You know? you Somebody's got to do it. You couldn't wake up to come with me to pardon my take. <laughs> that's which different I knew you'd love to go to. The machine, I Rich. Okay. Yeah. You, I mean, you know? tonight. Let's meet. Let's let's make a plan. Really? Because yeah. you and I have never done anything outside of work together. So oh, that's kind of cool. That's because you don't leave your house. Well, that anything. may be one of the reasons. I'm just saying. It's tough to do stuff outside of the show. When you don't leave your house, it's, it's not a, even for the Dallas Cowboys. It's a scary, it's it's a scary world out there. The tickets. only entity for which wow. you leave the house is Ashton. That's it. <laughs> and, well, Wilmer. And, and Wilmer. Wilmer. And Wilmer. And Wilmer. That's it. That's it. Ashton and Wilmer are the only entities that cause you to leave your house. I'm going to get him out in a couple it's weeks. It's a safe zone. How's that for a conversation? <laughs> Can I come? Yeah, sure. No, I'm kidding. Henry, no, if you'd like. I would. I, I <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? Sure. Why yeah, not? sure. Why not? We'll make a plan. I like plans. That's very good. Yeah, sure. Uh, why not? Henry Winkler <laughs> will be on this program in hour number three. Hey. That'll be great. Henry. Talk about Barry on Max. Max. It's Max. He wished me happy birthday because TJ posted my birthday. That's so cool. Yeah, that was nice. Max thing. is formerly HBO Max. Formerly HBO Now, formerly HBO, HBO Go. Go. Right. Former HBO. Right. Yeah. And, and Henry- soon, and soon, it'll be Max Plus. Yes. <laughs> and Henry has a son named Max. Because that's so. the way everybody in our, but I know, that's, I, I'm going to ask wow. him, yeah. I'm going to ask him if that's it, that why they named it Max. <laughs> um, that, maybe that was part of his, his deal. Yeah. It's yeah. a writer. 
Like yeah. some guys, some some people want water a certain temperature. They want M and M's with peanuts in it. He wants oh, the platform on which Barry is streamed to be named after his son. Brockman, as an actor, did you get a writer? Yeah. When you were doing your thing. Good or? question. No, I'm very low maintenance. No, please. I want to be as drama-free as possible. (sighs) Says the guy who thought the season was over for his Boston Celtics a week and a half ago. Show up! What are you doing? And now, (laughs) tonight, there's a game five in a series that you say you're going to win. It's 0-4 again. Fantastic. It's 0-4. Hold on, hold on. Smells like 0-4. Smells like 0-4. We stink. It's over. Which is teen, or, or it smells like teen spirit, right? Whoa. How's that for a little musical reference? Hey, folks, uh, we haven't discussed this yet. We we talked about it with Albert Breer a little bit in hour number one. The new rule that the NFL has adopted um, ha- has basically destroyed the kickoff. There's really no other way to describe it. I'm sure the owners who um, passed this rule and those in management that wanted the rule passed, would push back on that notion. It is not destroyed. But the bottom line is, if you kick the ball off in the NFL and an individual catches it within his own 25-yard line and his own end zone, he can raise his hand, catch the ball, plays over, ball winds up on the 25-yard line. We're seeing it in in college football, and you could say, well, it hasn't ruined the kickoff in college football. I don't recall the last time I've seen a ball returned in college football, certainly for a touchdown. And I'm sure you can send me all sorts of YouTube videos and the the like to push back on that notion. But this is done out of player safety. And I understand, again, I keep saying from this microphone, and we'll reiterate now, I know many people within the league – front office, who wring their hands over the player safety issue nonstop. They live their lives on the player safety issue. They treat it very seriously. And they do it with nothing but the best of intentions. And I understand the reason why their jobs may be created also, part of it, is a liability issue. We just saw the league get sued for a bunch of money, and it's a concussion settlement. Now, part of that is born out of the fact that this was way back from in the day when, you know, you just rub dirt on it and a totally different world. Roger Goodell has absolutely ushered in to the NFL a world in which a culture change has been made. And it's, there's still, it's still a work in progress. All you have to do is just remember Tua from last year. All that said, I understand these folks in the NFL want to avoid a kickoff scenario similar to, say, the movie Braveheart, mm-hmm. where they're all you're, some people are running from one end, another people are running from one end, full speed, and in the middle of the field of battle. Holy heck, breaking loose. Jon Snow, Jeff, pulling out the sword. Yeah, pretty much. Waiting. <laughs> but he's standing, he's standing there <laughs> by himself. Yeah. And, and so the league did make some rule changes about wedge blocking, and also players have to start. From a standing position, once the ball's kicked off, you can't get a running start. I understand where this is coming from. But at some point, there has to be a notion that wins the day. That the quality of football is something that fans want to see. 
and that there has to be a better way of dealing with the situation than essentially legislating it out. There has to be, because this is still a contact sport, and that's why so many people not only watch it, consume it, attend it, talk about it, live it, breathe it, or play it. Play it. Play it. And I can't envision a scenario in which somebody's going to return a kickoff. Somebody's receiving the ball inside their own five-yard line. Are they really going to run it out? Maybe just instinctively because that's the way that they've been doing it their entire lives. If if you're receiving the ball in the end zone, that thing's it's over. Well, if you receive the ball on uh, on your two, your three, your your ten, what if I guess if you receive the ball on your twenty, then the ball's kind of popped up in the air, and you'll just wave your hand and. And take it from the 25. Uh, squib kicks are one of the most annoying things to see. No, get ready. And I think they're going to be. You're going to see them nonstop now. Yep. Line drives. I have covered this sport since 2003 solely with the NFL Network, and obviously being on Sports Center in '96 nationally. Thankfully, you've let me into your homes in some way, shape, or form. Over 27 years now. The most exciting plays in the NFL, I can recall, that are conventional plays. I'm not talking about the Music City miracle, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the Minnesota miracle or the Miami miracle, which are plays that are complete outliers, Hail Marys and things like that. Just conventional football plays. The most exciting play is a kickoff. The two plays that leap to mind was the Super Bowl in Miami when the Colts and the Bears were playing each other and the conversation all week long, all week long, was how can the Bears win this game against Peyton Manning and Rex Chapman? And the answer was Devin Hester. That was it. Rex Grossman. Devin Hester. (laughs) You said Rex Chapman. I'm sorry, Rex Grossman. Pardon me. Devin Hester was the answer. Opening kickoff. And we settle into our seats. (laughs) Come on. And when the Bears got the opening kickoff, everybody in that stadium was like, this is not going to happen. I mean, they're going (laughs) to. This is is not going to get kicked to him. They're They're not not going to do do that. that. Tony Dungy's not going to do that. No. They did it. And then he ran it back. That was unbelievable. To this day, in any sport, and I've seen home runs where you're like, he can't do it. Will he do it for real? Can he do it? In terms of me physically seeing it with my own two eyes, I've never seen a moment met, expectation met like that. And he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, as he should, because of the kickoff return. Punt return, sure. Kickoff Return. In this day and age, with this rule, and then last year, DeMar Hamlin, after everything that happened to him, he's back in the building in Buffalo, and Naeem Hines returns the opening kick for a touchdown. This is, to me, in 20 years, 
the most remarkable, memorable, moving, poignant, amazing regular season moment. I can't recall another one. And then he did it again. Come on. Can't make it up. Now what? He's going to wave his arm? I want a fair catch. Come on. Don't take my word for it. Take the coaches. And I'll tell you what. They are pissed. They are really pissed. This, to me, by the way, with Andy Reid, this is him pissed. (laughs) You never see him. He's always talking about championships and hamburgers, right? Like, that's it. (laughs) Cheeseburgers and championships, by the way. I'm writing that down. Cheeseburgers. A terrible parrot head song, right? I was going to say Jimmy Buffett did not record that one. This is Andy Reid. My, my thing is, where does it stop, right? So you start taking pieces, and, um, you know, we'll see how this goes. But you don't want to take too many pieces away or you be playing flag football. That's a pissed-off Andy Reid. Trust me. I think I'm fluent in Andy Reid. That's an angry man. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell had this to say on this very day about this new rule. It's very frustrating. Um, but, um, but look, I don't make the rules. And, uh, and so we, that's, that's a new rule, then, then we'll live by the new rule. We'll find a way to adjust, adapt, and, and still get what we want. You know, that's, that's what you got to do. But, uh, you know, I hate that we continue to take away from the game. That's, that's what really worries me. You know, it, we just we continue to to bleed this league. You know, if we're not careful, it's not gonna, it won't replenish at one point. But um, but listen, it's the rules, and uh, we'll make do and we'll adjust. That's what coaches always say. That's is it. It is what it is. Schedule's a schedule. We'll play them whenever they put it out there. But they are pissed, really pissed. John Harbaugh's on Friday's show. He's a head coach born out of special teams. Guess what he's going to sound like on Friday? Pissed. That. And those two guys we just heard from, they're the first two coaches that are going to have to make do against each other in the first kickoff game. Against each other. It's one year. That's what they'll say. I hate it. Already. They could always roll it back. We've seen rules Well, the pass interference thing, they were one and dunning it. And, and I understand this is born out of player safety, and it's not my money put on the line due to liability. I get it. I understand it. But at some point, there's got to be someone standing up in the room for the content. For the fans. And nothing's more exciting. I just gave you two things that I'm talking about today in 2023. One from last year and one from when Prince was alive, rest in peace, that night at the Super Bowl. What are we doing? We're essentially legislating those moments away. And what's left? Fantasy football. Fantasy football plays, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, not pleased about it at all. But it is just a kickoff, and then you kick off, and it's the 25-yard line, and, you know, now we're watching football. And I guess we'll still all be glued to our television sets and what have you, but there will be a time where I think I'm going to turn to my grandchildren, knock on wood. Hey, want to see some great moments? It's called a kickoff. They'll be like, what's that? And uh, there'll be YouTube for that. And I think that's a damn shame. 
844-204-RICH, number to dial. Sinqua Walls is here. Maybe I'm overreacting. I'll make that part of Overreaction Thursday, which, hey. will, which will play on the back end of Sinqua Walls before Gabriel Davis joins us at the Bills. And then Henry Winkler in studio. The delightful Henry Winkler. Come on now. Sinqua Walls, white men can't jump, which is not about me. <laughs> Coming up next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. On the Rich Eisen Show, our radio audience just returned. Um, so the clip we just saw, that was Sadiq Bay. That was Sadiq Bay. How many NBA players are, are in White Men Can't Jump? I'm sorry to everybody else, but I, I, I all I know is Sadiq and, 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 and Blake Griffin. There's okay. probably more, and it's only because I just didn't catch your season. That's okay. It's all right. Yeah. So Sadiq and Blake. Well, I mean... Do we include you as a professional basketball now. player? <laughs> now. <laughs> now we do. Now we uh-huh. do. Uh-huh. Made it to the All-Star game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Started from the bottom, now we're coming back again. Okay. Let's go. All right. Now, do you what what's your history on a hardwood? You got one for so me? So I ended, I actually played college basketball. Okay. Played at the University of San Francisco. Uh and I don't have the knees that an NBA player does, you know, but I do have the knees of a former college player, so I am you okay. know, knee challenged as well. Okay, you are. <laughs> yeah. All right. USF is as I mean, that's that's the man's Don's organization. Let's go. School, right. You know I mean, mean, that's that's Bill Russell, right? Bill Russell, Bill Cartwright, Casey Jones. Yeah. So what? Uh, I've never been on that campus or yeah. in their gym or anything the hilltop, like that. Yeah. Are they? Is there Bill Russell stuff all over the place? There's. I mean, there's definitely there's there's jerseys, there's banners, there's there's regalia to celebrate the fact that yes. he was one of our most illustrious players. Um, and they've, they've turned over the arena. Now I'm really proud. Like I think going to a mid major and going to a smaller school, I'm always really proud when I see the progression, right? right? I always, I'm sure like people who probably went to Gonzaga, like when you see last year, we met, we went to the tournament, um, had a small run, but like the fact that things are progressively moving forward, the fact that they've renovated the gym yes. and they're really trying to create an environment of basketball. Yes. Um, I'm always excited. Your best game. Give me your best game. 
preseason. Because after that, I was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> you never got. You never got. Off you know the what? Bench? Me, and my, me, and my coach had a had a. Um, we had we had uh, we had two different styles. It, you know, unfortunately, for, fortunately for me in this career now, but yes. unfortunately, like he wasn't the coach that recruited me. So, oh boy, you know. All right, so give me your best your best game. Give me your best game. What do you got? I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm humble. I'm humble. I don't want. I don't want to disrespect okay. right. guys so that were who, better who than me. Who was the best player you saw as a college? The basketball best player. player that I saw mm-hmm. was probably Adam Morrison. That was probably the best player with my own two eyes. I always say that I think that Adam Morrison would have had an even more illustrious NBA career if it wasn't for. I knew he had some health issues going into it. Yes, and I think a lot of people don't remember that he had to take insulin shots during his games because I think he was diabetic, um, and I would imagine that that somehow affected his body when he was playing basketball at the NBA level, 82 games, a lot of, you know, inconsistent sleep schedule, all the things that kind of factor into playing playing basketball. But he was the best player that I actually played against and saw with my own two eyes. Yes. Um, the best player on my team at the time was this brother named Armando Surratt, five foot eleven with a 42-inch vertical, should have played everywhere, lightning fast. Uh, shout out to Doughboy. Um, yeah. Huh. Adam Morrison was. Adam Morrison. The man, right? He was the man. Gonzaga. And he pulled up and he would literally hit a three from anywhere and then just rub the mustache. <laughs> that's a good move. Yeah. White men can't jump shot. That's that, that's a good one. White men can jump shot? White men, white men can jump shot. <laughs> uh, starring Addison, Adam Morrison. Starring Adam Morrison. No doubt about it. Sinqua Walls here on the Rich Eisen Show. Give me a good moment from the set of White Men Can't Jump where the competition took yeah. over and you kind of went a little bit off script. Yeah. And you, know, was, and you actually had a real a basketball a, moment. A basketball moment? Yes. There were a few. So I think the first one is actually the opening scene where when people see Kamal and, you know. Your character. My character, Kamal, and he mm-hmm. and he goes up for a layup and the guy falls to the ground. Um, that brother's actually a pretty decent basketball player. He can shoot a little bit. So he was, and I think he's a, he's a very prolific um, Instagram influencer. Okay. So really good dude, but he started talking trash in character. But my mindset started taking it really serious. So I naturally started to turn it up and really start trying to hit moves just to just to get him off his balance and like find that yes. find that rhythm to just like knock him off and and um, they shot all of it. So the reason why I think it looks the way it does so naturally in the movie is because I naturally there's a move where I go I push it forward and I wrap it around my back and come around again. Um, that was just all improv because I was really just gonna, like, I'm going to rock this dude and show him he doesn't belong here. <laughs> Even though he's in character. He was completely in character. She's being it a was, professional. It was all me. It was all me. Right. It was like he was not doing anything wrong. Right. Um, but playing in character. And we laughed about it later. He was like, yeah, you really got serious about it. And I was like, I know I did, huh? <laughs> I really did. And then there was another scene when we were um, playing in the Mert Park. Mm-hmm. And we had we had choreographed this play where I'm supposed to go to the basket, and then I think I'm supposed to do a hop step. But naturally, like instinct kicks in, I go to the basket. One of the defenders he goes to swipe at it, and I just hit a spin move around him and just finished. And we were just like, okay, we'll just keep that in the move in the movie. Um, but that was just off of instincts and reaction because I didn't want, I had to protect the ball, yes. right? And it was like, okay, if I try to hop step, I'm bringing it in front of my defender's face. They don't teach that, so mm. I need to spin around him just to be a little more evasive. Now, when this happens, though, yeah. St. Quan Walls. You are deep down going, yeah, that's on, that's in the can. Yeah. That's going on the screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that will be there forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. That move. Oh, yeah. I looked good. Oh, yeah. I scored. Oh, yeah. And that is now captured. I feel forever. like every time I'm on the show, you get me to say the honest answer. 
Which is, yes, that is the truth. <laughs> I, I remember our director was yeah. like, all right, let's, you know, he's like, all right, man, let's, let's get one. Like, we'll get it like with what the, what the script says. And I was like, nah, man. That's it. No, nah, we're going to keep that one. Did you go back to your trailer? Just no, I just, I just went back to like the little like holding area. You know, if okay, you're on set, okay. like you have a little. Understood. Yeah, I try to little, be on set as much as possible to help, the, you know, help production. But I definitely was like, nah, man. That's it. I was like, I think Good we got it. I think By we got the way, it. I totally endorse that behavior. Yeah. I think that's great. They're, I would think the same thing yeah. too. It's just like, okay, yeah. I'm good. I'm this is this is white men can't jump. We got it. Yeah. I was like, we don't need that one. Mm-hmm. We got this one. And I think the audience is gonna love it. Right? Like yeah. it was like my Tom Cruise moment. I was like, I know what the audience wants. <laughs> I know what they need. There was another scene where we shot where Kamal hits a jump shot. My character Kamal, he hits a jump shot and it's the celebration when they finally win the final tournament. Mm-hmm. And there's the only take, the take that's in the movie is the one take where I didn't run to the stands. So the first time I hit the shot, I start yelling. I run, I'm like jumping up in the stands. The fans are going crazy. Like everyone's just giving me such great energy. Yes. Our director's like, um, yeah, man, we got to get one where you don't run in the stands. I was like, okay, cool. And so he was like, all right, let's take it back to one. And I was like this, I go, all right. He was like, you going to run in the stands again, huh? <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you so you always see it. And right. so in the movie, you see a cutaway. You see my celebration cut to the fans, cut back to me because I was like, no, nah, I'm going in the stands. The energy is here. It is. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I love it. We had a lot of fun. Was Jack Harlow the same way? Jack, yes. We had moments where, like, specifically when we were outdoor in Watts, I think that was that was a, one of his longest basketball sequences. Yes. And I think it's also one of the times where I saw him have the most fun playing basketball. Because the rest of the movie really takes place and you see Kamal's journey. Yes. And a lot of the basketballs revolve around Kamal's coming, growing into himself and gaining more confidence. Mm-hmm. But that sequence when we were in Watts that, that day or those couple of days was Jack's basketball sequence, sequence where we establish that he's also a formidable basketball player for Kamal to play with. Yes. And so um, he, had a, he had a ball that day. Did you have any connection with Wesley Snipes at all? Did you reach out to him or anything? No, I, you know, it's, I, I've met Wesley a couple of times mm-hmm. just in passing through mutual people that have just introduced us. Yes. Um, and this was prior to me even being a part of the movie. They just introduced us as like, hey, this is Sinqua Walls. He's, he's acting and performing, kind of telling him a little bit of my backstory, and he was sure. always just so gracious to me. That's cool. Um, but I didn't have any connection with him. We had never exchanged numbers. Well, and again, yeah. this film is not a remake. No, you know? thank you. I mean, yeah. so I, 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 I want to say that. Yeah. And I know my question um, can be taken or insinuate that yeah. this is a remake and yeah. you're doing his role. Right? Yeah. It's a... It's, it's it's very different. It's very obviously. different. Yeah. But I just wanted to add, just, you know, to see if there was any sort of connection on that front. The only connection that. truly is that I love Wesley Snipes' work as an actor and a performer. I sure. think he's one of the best that's ever done it. Um, I love, one of the things about me as an, as an actor is I always try to study people that I think have range and cross genres. And he's one of those people that I think from Tu Wong Fu to Blade to his early stuff with Spike, like yes. to, to New Jack City. He's someone that I genuinely love as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at it. Like, I think, you know, I'm grateful when people really understand that it is a reboot and it's something different. It's a remix and we're, we're telling a new story inspired by them and also honoring them. Mm-hmm. But if someone wants to, and I see the comparisons, right? And I'm like, if someone wants to put me in the same category of comparison or critique as Wesley, I'm honored. I don't actually take it bad. I'm like, yeah, I want to be in that category. I want to be in that conversation because he's someone who's on my Rushmore of talent. So, of course, I would love for people to always bring me up Compare forever, right. because I think he's done it better than anybody. That said, you'd better be con- uh, have your performance compared to an NBA player, right? right. Well, like, you like, know, like seeing your seeing well, your your game on the screen. My game, on the, it's funny because um, 
I can shoot a little bit. Okay. You know, I'll say that I can shoot a little bit, and mm-hmm. people who, who know me know I can shoot a little bit. So mid range. Mid range. Mid-range, I'm pulling. If, if it's if it's mid range, it's going in. Okay. Like it's it's it's, <laughs> oh. I, I, it's, okay. I, it's just it's been there since I was young. It's like it's gonna if it's, it's going up and it's going in. You woke it. You wake up with that. There's no Today I. You woke up with a mid range jumper. No I and team and no team and me. I'm shooting it every time. <laughs> Okay, there is an eye in Sinqua. And in Sinqua, he's going to shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) There is an in. There is an in in there. And the ball's going. And it's going up. Uh, And in. Yeah, and in. Okay, sorry. Call back. It's okay. But Blake and I were talking. We we were shooting around one time on set. Yes. And I made a couple shots, and someone was like, man, you think Sinqua could get a 10-day? And Blake looks at me so kind, and he was like, yeah, he could get a 10-day. And I was like, bro, I could get a 10-minute. What are you talking about? I was like, I'm not an NBA player. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, uh, Lakers are your team? Clippers. Clippers are your Let's team. Go. Okay, Clippers. that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to insult. Okay, that's right. The two. Now, it's, uh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, yes. it's, all, it's all coming back. Yep. So, Blake Griffin, then I'd be really – you guys would be very happy about that. I was – listen – and, I, and it's funny because there's certain people in my life I've had an opportunity to meet yes. um, who just meant a lot to me. And like I'm grateful that now you know Blake is, is a friend as well. But I had to suppress how geeked I was mm. meeting Blake officially and then also working with him. I was just like, yeah, cool, man. All right, so what are we going to do here? Like I'm very much so in the bag. And then afterwards, we all like hung out at his house. He's like, man, come over. And I'm like... Text my stepdad. I was like, Blake Griffin just invited me to his house. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even understand. And then I get to his house. I'm like, what's up, man? Yeah, I just brought some drinks. You guys need anything? Like, I'm super calm about it. Mm. But I was honored, man. Did you ask him for some in- inside info of the, the years where your clips were all set up? Were all set up? No, no. You know what? Because I, I think being a true Clipper fan, I kind of know all the history of what happened. Right? And I kind of know through context clues of it, of from hearing his versions of it, from hearing JJ's versions of it, from hearing uh, Chris Paul talk about it, from hearing DeAndre talk about it, I kind of piece together. It's a team, and you know when things go up and things go down and like where those frustrations lie. So I didn't want to make it uncomfortable by asking more than I probably needed to. Mm-hmm. I also, just being a true Clipper fan, I kind of already knew when it, when it all kind of dissipated. Um, so I didn't, but I was... I was uh, I still wish he would come back. So most, I think Clipper, he should retire a Clipper. I, yeah, I hear you, sure. and I'm sure TJ, you feel the same way. No yeah. doubt. Most Clipper fans I've met, I've been here 20 years. Yeah. Um, they are either like TJ, mm-hmm. where they come from out of town. Yeah. Or they are obviously, you know, diehard Los Angeles sports fans. Yes. But the one through line between the out of town people. Yeah. And the in town people. Yeah. Is they they root for the Clippers because they would never bring themselves. To root for the to root for the they just can't <laughs> yeah. bring themselves to do or like somebody like TJ diehard Sixer fan right from yeah. the great state of Pennsylvania let's go East Coast you know, let's go no way you were gonna move to Los Angeles and root for the Lakers right? I couldn't do it you can't Correct. do it right and, so so yeah. what about you like where where's your Clipper fan my my Clipper allegiance lie yes um, I genuinely grew up a Clipper fan when we were originally at the LA Coliseum I didn't grow up too far from that from that area from from the Coliseum. Um, so in the old sports arena. In the old sports arena. So, so it was easy yeah. to, to get to the game. And also, at the time, genuinely, the Clippers used to give tickets away. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how bad it was. Like, I mean, we're talking about the years, no disrespect to the players, but the years when we had, like, Derek Martin and Eric Piatkowski and Keith Kloss, like, they were not hard seats to get. Yeah. So it was like, you want to go to a Clipper game and then get free food and also, like, go down to the court? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do, I'm going to do all of that. Yeah. And so after a while, you go game. when the Clippers are playing 
whatever team they're playing, the Bulls or whoever. And then after a while, you just start to root for them. So I was young when I just started rooting for the Clippers because it was consistent. I was like, I shouldn't be in L.A. rooting against this team. And the the, the converse was a friend of mine. Um, their father had um, seats to the Lakers. And so he brought us one time to seats to the Lakers. And I just remember seeing the Lakers fans not having fun. And I always remember when the kiss cam came on to the Laker fans, yeah. they'd look, the kiss cam would come on their face and they'd look and they'd be like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. at the Laker game. They're too good. Of, they're too they're good. too good for the kiss cam. But then you go to the Clipper game and someone's tonguing this girl down. And I was like, let's go. This is where it's supposed to be. I'm a Clipper fan. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm going to take free tickets and a hot dog. And you might get in the game if you got lucky. And you might get in the game. And yet, in this day and age, the only thing at a Clipper game that's French is Batum. Hey. I see what you did. And we love him. When I, my brother uh, has been in Los Angeles since the early 90s, and um, he took me to a Clippers-Sixers game because yeah. he went to uh, University of Pennsylvania and really liked the Sixers. He took me to a Sixers-Clippers game, yeah. I think in like the early 90s or late 80s at the sports arena. It was me, him, Billy Crystal, Louis Gossett Jr., and that was about that it. Was it. <laughs> that was it. Me. That was it. I th- yes. This was like pre-Kadeem Hardison. Yes. You know, like this okay. is, yes. That, I, Penny Marshall probably there. Maybe Penny was there. That Penny was, was there. it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, I mean, that that's, so you you just could not bring yourself to be anything other than the Clippers I fan. couldn't bring, and, and, and that's what, you okay. know, true loyalty in any situation in fandom is. Because even when Lakers fans come for me, I, I take it all on. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I am accepting all this scrutiny, but I am not changing. We are married. I am locked in with the Clippers till death do us part. That is my squad. And now when I go to the games, I took my mom to a Clipper game a little while ago. Okay. The players come up and say, what's up? How great is How that? How can I have? How great is that? LeBron ain't saying nothing to me. <laughs> Never come and talk to me. <laughs> hasn't spoke to me yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that you haven't made a, a film with Spring Hill Entertainment. Yet. No, you know I mean, what? Gotta, Spring Hill ain't hired me. Right? Let's get that <laughs> together. Let's get that working. You know? You, what do you think about LeBron's future? You got two cents on that, Sinquan Walls? Yeah, I do. Play? I think LeBron is going to play at least two more great years. I think he's one of the few players that, to me, has lived up to the expectation from high school to the NBA. Yeah. And I think people give him so much scrutiny because he is so good. It's easy to attack him. Well, he only scored this much. He only... No, but if you think about 20 years in the league to do it at the level that he's doing it, he came into the NBA in 2003 with the most hype I've ever seen of any player ever. Between him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they're the only two people out of high school in my eyes that have lived up to the expectation. So I know he's going to have two more years. Well, I think here's the way I see it. He's got a, a one. He's got one year left with the Lakers yep. um, at damn near 50 million, yep. and then a 50 million player option yep. the year after that. Mm-hmm. His son is now playing right downtown in mm-hmm. USC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. he, he's his son is right here. Mm-hmm. So I think he's staying here. But I think he's going to utilize the fact that he might walk away yes. and just go travel the Pac-12 season yes. with his son yes. uh, to get the roster and the manner in which he wants it. And that, I think, means Kyrie Irving. Personally, um, that's the way I'm seeing it. Yes. Like, and so there's going to be a little bit of drama. Um, but um, he'll he'll play with the Lakers, I think, one more year. Yep. And then if Bronny is as talented as we, we hope he we is, think he is yeah. and his father hopes he is, yeah. then he'll get drafted somewhere. Yeah. And, if he, and, and if his son wants it... Yeah. Because I thought that was really neat what LeBron said. Hey, this was my dream to yeah. play with him, um, but it may not be his. It may not be his. And so, like, if his son wants it, yeah, and he then will 
use his player option to yeah. say, I opt out. Yes. And any other team in the NBA that drafts his son would uh, would would welcome the opt in. I think that's and, the way it's going to play out. And that's also so important too, is because, like I said, he only I said he's got two more years left because he has those two options. And I think that's really something that he factors. And he's not only is he just a savvy businessman, but he's a student of the game. Yeah. So much so that I, that that's all orchestrated. And I also think to the Bronny point, I think that Bronny is going to be an even greater NBA player than he is a high school prospect. I think because the way that he plays the game, he can fit into any offense. And sometimes people are looking for the spectacular play yes. and the highlight real play, specifically in high school, because you're catching highlights on Instagram. So you forget that Bronny shot 44% from the three-point line. He's always going to put up 18 points. He's always going to make the right pass. His his assisted turnover, turnover ratio is always really low. So those things are going to translate in the NBA for an NBA team more than I think the highlight community is going to say he should be ranked this. I think he's a better NBA prospect than he is or NBA player than he is even like a prospect right now. And of course, you know, we're sitting here talking on this show and so many other in the media are talking about, well, of course LeBron's going to play with his son. Right. Well, first of all, that puts the pressure on the son to be one and, and done one at and USC. Done. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, maybe this Bronny doesn't want the That's circus the that would hit. That's and, the and, truth. And, and LeBron also knows what circus he would be bringing. For sure. And so we, I don't know LeBron personally. I mean, yeah. I've met him in many occasions and I've, I've, I've been around. Oh, he invited you to a game. I, I have not yet. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Shannon Sharp. Although oh. I do have a very nice cardigan that okay. I can wear. Um, but, but the question is, I think he's before a basketball player. Mm -hmm. He's dad. Yeah. And that's an interesting yeah. scenario that we're going to see play. Yeah. Out. He's carried. And, 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 I just am so impressed by how how he's carried all the expectation. I, you guys might you guys will be able to find this. Uh, so growing up, I was a I'm a hoop head, so I would you know we didn't have all of the outlets that we had today, yes. right? For 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 high school basketball, but HoopsTV.com was one back in the day when I was growing up. HoopsTV.com, you guys know it. And they had when LeBron was at the ABCD camp when he was I think 16. Yes, um, Sonny Vaccaro comes on and he says like, I've seen a lot of great players. Um, and like Carmelo was a senior, I think at the time, and like so many players were coming up. He said, I've seen a lot of great players. He doesn't mention them by name, but he says, there is one player in this camp and you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and one day I believe he'll own all the records. And he was talking about LeBron. And so to see what LeBron has accomplished, oh, yeah. I'm like, Sonny Vaccaro said it then, just like he said it about Michael Jordan in air. One he, of the greatest. He was sitting in that very chair about what six weeks ago, or Sonny Vaccaro? Sonny Vaccaro was. Yes, and he was telling stories about that as well as uh, Kobe. He needs to start telling stories about me. Well, it's going to come. <laughs> it's going to come. Sonny, uh, uh, Sonny, Sonny Vaccaro is watching Hulu right now. Uh, as where because White Men Can't Jump is available streaming right now on Hulu, which is available right here on Roku. Sinqua Walls, great to have you back here. Come back Always, anytime, man. as you Thank know. Thank you, brother. You got it. Sinqua Walls uh, at Sinqua Walls on Twitter at. The real Sinqua Walls on Instagram. We updated that. It's actually at Sinqua Walls now oh, on Instagram. Right? It's so at Sinqua Walls now. Because you're real. Yeah, yeah. And you're spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Sinqua Walls here. We've got Overreaction Thursday coming up before Henry Winkler sits in this very chair in hour number three. And Gabe Davis of the Bills before that. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show and Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just simply stop by. We didn't do it Monday because we were uh, busy in New York City uh, waiting for an Emmy Awards show that just ended three minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> poor, and poor Ric Flair sitting right next to oh us. Right? Waited as long as we did. You believe I didn't talk to him? And then uh, Tuesday we were flying home. Wednesday was so much stuff, you, so it's you not wimp, time. You wimped out. Overreaction Thursday. Hit it. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Thursday. Oh, yeah. Hey. Okay. What do you got over there, Chris? Hit it. Hey, guys. What's up? What's, what's up, up, Chris? Hey, good, good. Okay. Cool. Rock Purdy is going to start throwing next week. Yep. Did you hear that? I heard that. I still think Sam Darnold plays a lot, but if Brock Purdy, fully healthy week one, yes. top three NFC quarterback. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. And I understand Brady's gone and Rodgers is out and who's left. That is an oversimplification. <laughs> top what? three NFC quarterback. Uh, you got to go Hurts, Dak. Do we have to go Dak? Yeah, you do. You go Dak. Do Come we? on. Come That's on. still an overreaction. Yeah. Do we? That's still ridiculous. an overreaction. It's just six weeks. That's all we had. We had six weeks, and it has merited him to start week one if he is healthy. What? And then we need to see what Lance looks like, and I do think he's going to get some time. No, no. It's a fascinating conversation. Overreaction to call him a top three quarterback in the NFC, and that's your way of denigrating the entire conference. I get it. Stafford's going to be healthy don't sleep on Gino again. He was a top three NFC quarterback last year, wouldn't you say? Gino's going to, I mean, all due respect. Oh. He's going to repeat that last year? Come on. Why not? Why not they got Jackson Smith and Jigba the best receiver in the class, according to many? And I saw him with my own two eyes, and he's ready to roll. Let's just pump the brakes on a top three. Overreaction. What you else you got? Brock I know. Top three? What else you got? Justin Fields? Come on. Let's go. Did you? We'll get to Fields in a second. Did you see the uh, uh, stuff coming out of New England? What stuff? That they, they, they lost two OTAs? Yeah, OTA violations. Uh, they're, they're uh, disorganized team canceled. activities. DTAs. Well, Rich, you know what that means? That's OTA violations. Means they're back as AFC contenders. Oh, God. It means, you know what it means? It means Bill's looking for ways to, to skirt the rules and get really close to the line and kind of kick some dirt on the line and, and just do, you know, okay. do, do that New England stuff. Smoking, bro. Do, Give do. me something. Okay. <laughs> that means we're back. <laughs> I, like I thought it. he was all out like on it. Bill, though. Oh, I know. Rich. Bill's I thought, on the hot seat. Yeah, I thought no, Bill should no. retire and Bill's Chris on the hot seat. I'm very confused. Meanwhile, when Albert Breer was in hour Breer. one talking about how Belichick was one of the four NFL head coaches backing the play of special teams coach because you know he was a, a special teams coordinator yep. himself back uh-huh. in the day. He was Mike Mayock's special teams coordinator when he was on the Giants. Um, that uh, 
he gets in my ear and he goes, of course, Bill. He's like, you don't think Bill's already figured out how to make the loopholes work on this rule, this new rule change? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Is that what I saw gets you talking ear. to him? Yeah, he gets in my ear. He goes, of course, Bill does. You don't think he's already figured thought, this thing out? Shouldn't he be retiring? I thought it's what you What wanted. else you got over there? Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> hey, Nothing was, to see here. I was looking at some uh, fantasy projections already for this coming season. Why not? Right, right. Our good friend Matthew Barry, I was looking at his stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. He had a couple of big guys making moves over other guys. Tony Pollard's going to have a better season than Derrick Henry. I'll, I would I would say that's uh, in the realm. That's in the realm. He's got Pollard over Henry this year. I think that is in the realm. You know how I feel about Tony Pollard. I've been pounding this table for number 20 in the Dallas you've, Cowboys you've for been quite his some number time. One fan, I'm man. like, this guy's a home run hitter. Oh, yeah. And he's the only guy there now. And you're going to use him. Here we go. Yes, sir. More than Derrick Henry? I would say that's not, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think that that is absolute. that's not an overreaction whatsoever. Wow. What else? I give the check mark. In the same vein. Yeah. Justin Fields, better season than Justin Herbert. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. I know everybody likes kicking the Chargers when they're down, and no, nobody's more down than a team that was up 27 nothing and lost a playoff game. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, I still need to see Justin Fields and see what this offense looks like and see it all play out, and I need to see him throw it. And I, You know, the 70-yard touchdowns are, are, are fun to watch and they're great for fantasy, yeah. but no, no. We're still, you and I, if we're doing that league again, it's a borough draft choice again well, we had for us. Last, we had him last year, and it worked yeah. out pretty good. What else you got over there? Uh, last football one. Uh, Lamar Jackson says that the rushing is going to be really scaled back. Yeah. Really scaled back. He had about 110 rushes attempts last year. You know he's played in 70 games? I'm going to say less than 70 rush attempts. Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I, I don't think that's an overreaction either. I can't wait to have John Harbaugh on tomorrow. As you know, we we uh, I, we and us we have identified the Ravens' offense as one of the biggest mysteries going into tonight, going into next season. What it looks like, uh, I would love to see that, uh, and I'd love to see him wing it. Guy's got a cannon for an arm, and I'd love to see him wing it. I'd love to see Odell catch a ton of touchdowns, um, but fewer than seventy rushing attempts would be a significant lowering of of his uh production there but about 40 percent i I, i'd like to see that i don't think that's an overreaction either the other ones are more so a couple nba real quick celtics heat we're gonna have a game seven we're gonna have a game seven it's gonna be monday in boston Game seven. I might have to go. I might be off work Tuesday. Are, okay. Heads up. Great. We stink. What's it's next? Over. What's next? What's next? I'm going to entertain. I'm not entertaining that. <laughs> also, it doesn't matter who wins that game seven because the Nuggets winning the NBA title five games or less. I think that is not an overreaction. I I, I, I agree. Again, Mike Del Tufo seen Jokic play once. He's now an expert. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Mike's like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Why are you chiming in? Because oh, I went to the Laker game. While you guys sat through three and a half hours of 
of uh, of an Emmy Award. Just to, you guys, you guys lost on your own. We win together. You lose on your own. While I go hang out with some uh, lady friend at a Laker game and show up an expert on Jokic. Mike's watched more playoff basketball in person than we have. So. Not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. I think that is entirely possible.